Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to worship you, to fellowship. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word that it will go out and it will not return void, Father, that it will accomplish what you send it to do. And Father, we pray that everything said and done will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> so these two blonde ladies decided that they were going to go to Disneyland. And so they started off on this trek, and they drove across the country, and, and they just kept, they were so excited, and just so excited, we can't wait, we're going to see Disneyland, we're going to see Disneyland, just can't wait to get there, can't wait to get to Disneyland. When they get on the road, and the big sign says, Disneyland left, they both cried, they turned around and drove back home. <laughs> That's a Bruce joke. <laughs> oh, me. They're not all tens. I'm sorry. It is what it is. <clears throat> all right. So last week we talked about perspective, right? We talked about the perspective of, of King David standing in front of Goliath and all of the Philistines and then the perspective of all the rest of the Israelite soldiers. So today we're going to talk about something slightly different, but it, it, it's in that same family. And we're going to talk about consistency. Because <clears throat> James says that a double-minded man is unstable in all that he does, right? And so for us to be a consistent Christian is invaluable. It, 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 it's imperative for us that if we're going to be a good example, we can't act Monday through Friday, Saturday night, one way, and Sunday somewhere different. In fact, one of my, and I, I'm a complimenter, I like complimenting people, I like encouraging people, but one of my favorite compliments is they're always the same. Because you see people who are maybe in authority or in power or whatever, and sometimes if they're around the wrong group of friends, they don't know your name, but if they're not around those group of friends, they know who you are. And I don't know, you probably know some folks like that. But a compliment for me is, is they're always the same. No matter where I see them, no matter what's going on, they're always the same. And, and that's what I, I want to be. I want to be that guy too, right? I want to be, no matter where you see me, I'm always the same. I always have the same personality. I always have the same perspective. I always have the same attitude. I always have the same outreach. That, that's my goal. Now, I don't talk in the pulpit, like I talk every day during the week, I don't think anybody does. I think that's unrealistic expectations. When I'm working and doing business, I mean, there's, I mean, we go about doing business. I mean, we don't, I mean, I'm not negotiating a contract and get to the middle and go, hey, do you know Jesus? Because you really should know Jesus. I mean, it, right, when you're focused on the contract and your job, you're doing your job. But we should still do it in a Christian manner, right? So Jesus has a lot to say about it, and then we're going to talk about some different folks and different scriptures of of what it is and what it isn't. Um, but if you will, just to start us off, uh, the gospel according to John. And I think this is the... And we've heard this scripture. I, I've preached this scripture, but not in a consistency manner, I don't think. Um, but if it's, it's the gospel according to John, chapter 15, in verse 5. And Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, and, and, and the King James says, if you abide in me. If you abide in me, then I will abide in you. Well, to abide means to live, to, 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 to constantly be there to, to, I mean, I right, your humble abode is where you live, right? So if you were to abide in God's word, that means that we live there. And when we live there, it's all the time. Right? So it's, I am the brine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, but if you remain in me, you are like the branch that is 
If you do not remain in me, you are like the branch that is thrown away and it withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So this is the Father's glory that you should bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So you can't, y'all, y'all ever had, this could sound crazy, but and, and, and maybe not. Have you ever had your trees in the yard like move over a little bit? Like you planted a tree over on this side of the house and you come out and the tree run over there and planted itself over there? No, no, it, you know, like the, I planted a garden over here and then last night it got up and moved over there. Or my vines were over here and now they're over there. See, and, and we think that that's funny, right? Right? Because why? Because those plants are rooted and grounded into the ground, right? They are, they are stationary objects. They don't move. They don't waver. They're not tossed to and fro. Yeah, the wind comes and bends them down, and sometimes it breaks some limbs out of it. I mean, in Hugo, maybe he'll stand it on its head. But those trees and bushes and shrubs, they don't move. And so when you start to see the examples of what the, in the New Testament, uh, talking about being consistent, you start hearing words like rooted and grounded and abiding in and being part of the vine. It, see, those things are immovable. It doesn't matter what takes place around it. That pecan tree over there by the corner where I park has been there my whole entire life. It ain't moved a single time. Now, since then, there was a garage shed over here of some sort and then a different building over there beside it. And they had concrete slabs. They've been torn down and moved. There was a pitcher pump over there somewhere. That's been torn down and moved. The old building has been added on to. The driveway used to be over there. And now it's behind me over here. Right? Lots of things changed on the property. But that tree hadn't moved. Not a single time. That is a good example of what a Christian should be like. That no matter what happens in our environment around us, whether they tear down or build back or put new or take the old out, that our stance and who we are in God doesn't move at all. It's not even negotiable, right? I mean, I'm sure there might be some piece of equipment somewhere on the planet that could come and move that 40-something-year-old pecan tree. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if you can move trees to that size. But it's not even something that you would consider. Now, not like one of them little box shrubs outside. You can dig it up, move it over here and plant it and dig it up, move it over there. And that's not who we are. We're that tree that stands outside. We should be immovable no matter what's going on around us in our environment. No matter if we're with a not-so-good group of friends or the best group of friends or people we don't know at all, or whether we're at Walmart, or whether we're on the road, or whether we're getting gas, we should be rooted and grounded in what Jesus looks like all the time. And regardless of what takes place around us, now look, we're not stationary trees, right? Our feet are not glued to the ground. If they were, you know, y'all wouldn't none be here, right? But spiritually and personally, we should have to be able to be where we're supposed to be. Now, here's the thing. 40 years ago, that tree wasn't that big. What's happened in the last 40 years? It's grown. It's got more branches. It produced more fruit. More things have taken place around it. Huh. Well, as Christians, when you're a baby Christian, you still might be easily moved, right? 
But as we are rooted and grounded in God's Word and we develop in God's Word and understand His Word and our faith grows because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, as we develop as Christians, as we become more rooted and grounded, we should also grow. And when we grow, our branches should get bigger and our impact should get bigger and our fruit should get more. We should be consistent. Now, consistent does not mean... Now, Jesus says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? He was in the beginning before the world was created, and he'll be here when the world is done. He says that the heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. He is consistent as consistent gets. But he does not want us to be the same Christian we were in 1981 and 2022. Consistency does not mean there's no growth. Consistency means that we are not easily moved and that our growth continues the way it should. Now, if you plant a tree yesterday and you come back today and it's 60 foot tall and it's this big around, it's not a very strong tree. The reason that tree is a strong tree is because why? Because over time, it took the sun's energy and the water and the nutrients in the ground and it grew bigger and stronger <coughs> sorry, and got better and better and better. But is it consistent? Yes. The other thing about that tree, and I did not know I was preaching about that tree today, but I knew I was going to have an example of God. The other thing about that tree is, I can Oklahoma guarantee you that from the day it broke the ground till today, it is a pecan tree. It hasn't changed. It wasn't a maple tree for a little while, and then an oak tree, and then it was a pine tree, and now I decided I'm going to be a pecan tree. And I know that sounds funny, but I know people who have had those things that I was one of them, and then I was one of them, and now I'm one of them. I mean, maybe not y'all. So our job as Christians is to be more consistent, to be abiding in the vine. Oh, man, I didn't quoted like half of my scriptures, but I'm going to read them anyway. Uh, Hebrews. No, not Romans. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away with all kinds of strange teachings, Right? It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace by not eating ceremonial foods. We don't even know what that is. That are no benefit, right? So we shouldn't be tossed to and fro. We shouldn't have, well, you know, I used to believe this and now I believe that. And then sometimes I believe that. What we should really be considered is, is that we believe this. From the back page to the front page. And, 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 and it doesn't change. Now, <clears throat> You get in those arguments, I'm, I'm sure y'all don't, I do, and, and what version is the best version of the Bible to read, right? And the hows, thous, and chows of, you know, I read the same Bible that Paul preached, and I keep trying to explain to that kid, Paul didn't speak English, but good for you. I mean, you know, they didn't translate the King James Version of the Bible until like 1644, but, you know, I understand what you're saying. But we should be reading a version of the Bible, and look, I, I, I don't think that... I don't think you can pick a version of the Bible and somebody can legitimately say, that's not God's word. It is each one of them are translated into common language, right? And, and as language changes, 
The Bible changes, but the meaning does not. The consistency of what God's Word says, that whether you abide in the vine or remain in the vine or you live in the vine, depending on the three translations you read, they all still mean the same thing. When Granddaddy, years ago, would preach, he would read the King James because the King James is what he grew up with and it's what he memorized and what he understood. But he would, more times than I can count, read the King James and then translate it into everyday English that was identical to what the NIV said. You know, we could have skipped a step and read the NIV, but I mean, that's not what he did. He, he was consistent and he read the King James. And then look, if you read the King James or the New King James or the English Standard or the NIV or the NIRV or whatever, or the American Standard, I mean, there are tons of Bibles. that it, It's what fits you best. That part we shouldn't be bogged down in. <clears throat> what we should be concerned over is just like whether or not that tree gets water or not is whether we're reading it or not. Because you can have, I mean, I, I got bunches of them. I got Bibles and Bibles. You can have every version of the Bible that's ever been written in the English language and Hebrew and Greek and whatever you want. <clears throat> and if they have this much dust on top of them and they sit on the, on the table or in the bookshelf, they are no benefit to you. I don't care what language it's written in. <clears throat> it can be written in Klingon if that's what you want to read it in. I think there really is one written in Klingon, as funny as that sounds. <clears throat> but if you don't read it, if we're not... And, and, and li- listen, it, it, it's not a... That's another consistency problem. Reading the Bible consistently develops your knowledge and understanding and your faith. Reading the Bible inconsistently is just as effective as dieting inconsistently. <clears throat> if you diet two days out of the month, you ain't losing a bunch of weight. Not unless you've got a secret diet, and if you do, I want to know what that diet is, because I would like to diet two, two days out of the month. But why does a, how does a diet work? We do it consistently, right? We do it today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And then there's a cheat day. No, we do it the next day and the next day and the next day. That's how it works. So reading our Bible consistently produces a better Christian. But to do that, it takes discipline and it takes you to sit down and decide that I don't care what else is going on. I don't care if they build a new building. I don't care if they move the driveway. I don't care if they tear down the little buildings or build another building. I'm still going to be the tree standing over there. No matter what. I'm going to read my Bible no matter what. I don't care what I got to do today. I don't care what the kids are doing today. I don't care if I feel like it. I don't care if I don't feel like it. I'm going to get up and read God's word every day. And that, and I preached on that not so long ago, but really and truly, that few minutes that you spend when you first wake up, right when you start, sets the tone for the entire day. And it makes me, I don't know about you, it makes me more aware of God's Word as I move through my day. And every once in a while, I'll mess up and I won't read it, and then my my watch will tell me, hey, look, you haven't read your Bible today. And I'm like, holy smokes, I haven't read my Bible today. And then I go and find it and read it. And I'm like, man, how did I do that? How did I miss? Why? Because that habit has been developed for so many days in a row to now it is, <laughs> it is what I do first. 
In fact, <clears throat> if I ever have to call Mama's house, I wait for the Bible app to say Lillian created a verse image or whatever time, because it rings up on my phone when she creates a verse image, because we're friends on the Bible app. Then I know she's awake enough for me to call her. And then wasn't so long ago, maybe two, three months ago or something, it was like 10 o'clock, and there was no Bible image, and I called her like, what the heck are you doing? Are you alive? Is everything okay? Y'all, is everything good? Because she's